I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm going to do something today I don't normally do. I'm going to continue the message that I started on Saturday, I mean on Wednesday, when I was teaching on Easter. Usually I've got, I rotate these messages. I'll preach on Wednesday a message, then I'll preach on the same thing, and they go into a different uh, pathway of that message. Then I preach on Saturday, and I'll preach on the next Saturday something else that goes with that message. I don't believe you can exhaust some message in one message in an hour and a half, especially in 30 minutes. You can't exhaust a subject in that. That's why everything I do is in series. And I put something on the board here. All holidays come from Babylon. That's where they come from. All, let me put it this way, all idolatry comes from Babylon. And what I want to give you today, I want to give you something today that is going to show you. I want to verify by using uh, particular articles I've got out of magazines and out of the Bible. Where I came up with this, all holidays come out of Babylon, I came up with it out of the Bible. I didn't come up with it out of two Babylons or even out of McClinic and Strong, even though I believe in those books. I believe these are the best set of encyclopedias I have ever seen. And that is McClinic and Strong. It's called Cyclopedia of Biblical Theological and Ecclesiastical Literature. Fantastic set of books. It has, they, they wrote those books between 1850, they researched them between 1850 and 1885. And it has, they had 200 contributors. They had 50,000 articles in it. It's just unbelievable. It has things in it you can't hear anywhere else. I think the second best encyclopedias, and it's a completely different type of format. The second best is a 13-volume set of Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion. This will say things. I won't say McClinic and Strong is my favorite. It's... It's got a lot of things easier to read. This is a little more complicated. It's got an index volume the Hastings has. If you can get either one of them, you're very fortunate to find them. They don't print. They they print the, this Hastings, but don't get the one volume. That doesn't have an extensive uh, readout to it. What I want to do is show you that all this, now I've had people argue with me on the Internet saying Easter does not, is not the same thing as, Easter's not the same thing as uh, Ashtart. Or Asherah. Or Asherah. Or Ashtaroth. I hesitate to put E because if you put an O, it's plural on Ashtaroth. And then, and it goes on into all these other titles. 
when you go into McClintock and Strong, you go into Ashtaroth, it'll tell you that Venus was the same thing as Ashtaroth and Asherah and Ashtar. And Venus was the goddess of sexual promiscuity. And she is the same thing. This goes into the Roman and the Greek gods. Venus and Aphrodite were the same thing. Aphrodite was the name of the god in Greek, or the goddess in Greek, Aphrodite. Aphrodite means wrath, subduer. And and Malita would be the same thing. The reason the spellings will differ is they were in different cultures in different states in the ancient world. That's why they differ in spelling. But when you go into uh, into these encyclopedias, they'll tell you they originated in the same thing. And proof they originated is the fact that Malita, Malita, and and Aphrodite have the same meaning. Malita means mediatrix. A mediatrix is a female mediator. And a mediator is a go-between. That's called a lawyer in our day and time. A go-between, or they would call that an advocate back in in Greek times. It was an advocate or a lawyer. Now, when the Bible speaks of lawyers, it's not talking about our lawyers. War new lawyers. The lawyers were the heads of the law. That's not That's not these right here. That was... A lawyer was a scribe who tr- who actually translated the w- the word of God all day long, every day, and they knew the law book of the law. That's why they called them lawyers. When Jesus runs into this lawyer and he says, "What is the first and great commandment?" He said, "You know what it is. You tell me." That when Jesus knew he was called a lawyer, but he was a scribe. Anytime the Bible speaks of a scribe, it's talking about one of their lawyers who knew the law. Well, that's not what we're talking about here. A mediatrix was a representative of a person, but it was a female. It was a female. And a mediator is a man. And how many mediators are there? There's one mediator, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Now, when they translated, when they came up with Aphrodite, Aphrodite was in Greece, Venus was in Rome. And Malita, the Bible even speaks of, she was called Queen of Heaven. And that's what most of these female deities in all the different cultures were called Queen of Heaven. And 
that's why to know to show that they all come from the same thing when you're looking at a definition in the bible when you're looking at a word be sure and remember the definitions because when you can find something that has the same definition they're the same thing that's like uh, balita means mediatrix or a female mediator Aphrodite means wrath subduer. That's one that subdues wrath. Subdues wrath of her son. And you can look at what they do and see they come from the same source. So if if Aphrodite means subdue wrath, when they brought this into the Roman Catholic Church, they called Aphrodite and Mileta Mary. That's the Mary of Roman Catholicism. It's not the Mary of the Bible. So when they called them Mary, Mary took on the characteristic of Malita, the mediator. And what the Roman Catholics say is you've got to pray to Mary to get her to divert the wrath of her son. That's exactly what Aphrodite did. She subdued the wrath of her son. And that's what Mileta did, the female mediator. She subdued the wrath of her son. So that shows up in the Bible. And when people want to argue against Christmas being pagan and Christmas is not being Christ's mass, you can go into any encyclopedia. You can go to an elementary school, get one of them little bitty chairs, and pull it up to their bookshelf, and they'll have a World Book Encyclopedia. That's for kids. I've got a copy of the C volume at home somebody gave me. And it, you look up Christmas, it'll tell you it comes from Christ's Mass. It will say it comes from Christus Mass. Say, M-A-E-S-S-E, which is actually, M-A-E-S-S-E, that's actually Christ Mass. So when you're reading these things, you've got to look and see that they come from one another. And the Bible proves where they all come from. They come out of the same source. Look over there in Revelation 17, and this will tell you where they all come from. That's why I put this on the board. When people want to argue and say, Christmas is not pagan, and Easter is not uh, that's not a goddess, and it certainly is. Easter was a goddess of the spring in in the English countries. Goddess of spring, but look here in Revelation seventeen. This is going to tell you they all come out of the same world. They come out of the same system. Right here in Revelation seventeen. Let's read. The first few verses of this. There came one of the seven angels, and the seven angels in the first chapter are the seven spirits of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. And there came one of the seven angels who had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Many waters means a great number of people, and it says that later in the chapter that the many's water are many waters 
If you look down at verse 15, he said to me, The waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are peoples. This is not hard to understand. Peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. That's the many waters. Is what it says. Of whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Now how do they commit fornication with a system? I'll show you. In fact, the system was called the lovers of Israel because Israel went after this system, the lovers. And that's adultery or idolatry. And the inhabitants of the earth had been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away into the wilderness. I carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon scarlet-colored beasts full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, I'm not going to get into that. I'll just say something real quick. A head was a capital, was a head of a capital city of an empire. That's what a head was. Heads, heavens, heads, mountains, and horns are all basically the same thing. The Bible says there were four horns that carried Israel into captivity over in Zechariah. The first chapter, the last couple of verses, seven, there were four horns. What are the four horns? Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. A mountain was a capital city of an empire, a capital city. You can get that out of McClinic and Strong by looking up Mount. It'll tell you that heavens, heavens, if you look up heavens in the H volume of McClinic and Strong, it'll start off the article and it'll say governments of the world. It's the governments. And heads, a head... In the same article, Mount, it will say it was a head or heaven or a mountain. And the Bible speaks of Babylon being a proud mountain. Proud mountain. And it goes on to say that I'm going to make you a burnt mountain because out of Babylon came all idols. That's in the world. Everywhere there's any idolatry in the world, go straight to Babylon. In Genesis 11, verse 4, that's where it was founded. He said, I'm going to make you a burnt mountain, and you're going to find a mountain burning in Revelation 8. And you'll find the same mountain, a detailed version of it in Revelation 18. When they see the smoke of her burning, all the merchants of the earth are going to be weeping and crying. So it's a, in Revelation 18, and always Babylon sinks into the sea. And you see that happening in Revelation 18. You see in Revelation 8, the mountain is cast into the sea. And every time Babylon goes down, it goes down into the sea. In fact, when first Babylon fell and in Jeremiah 51, Jeremiah gave the pro- gave a prophet the book of the law and tied a stone to it and said, now I want you to go to Babylon. 
Jeremiah's down in Israel. He had stayed with Israel with the poor and the needy when they'd been destroyed. And he says, you go to Babylon. You take this, take this book of the law. It's tied to this stone. Cast it into the Euphrates and say, so shall Babylon sink. Babylon always sinks into the sea. The amazing thing is the swine in Luke 8 ran down the hill into the sea. Now, that's another story. Now, let's get back to Revelation 17. Now, he showed me a scarlet-colored beast, and the woman was arrayed, verse 4, in purple and scarlet, and decked with gold and, and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, you have to understand something about the harlots back in Bible times. They had a they had a band around their head and they had written on their forehead who they belonged to or who their pimp was. They wrote they wore that upon their forehead and it says this is what it said on the forehead Mystery comma Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, I've said this so many times. This is this verse along with what I remember my father being a Baptist preacher, him and his Baptist preacher friends saying, where's Babylon at the end of time? All you have to do is find the character of Babylon and you can find it. Well, if she's the mother of harlots, the word harlot, pornea, or porne, we get our word pornography from that. Pornography, but it means idolatry. So the mother of all holidays and all idol worship in the world comes out of Babylon and her characteristics. Now, if Babylon mothered all harlots, harlot means idolatry. Idolatry is the word E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Idolatry. It comes from ido, meaning to see or perceive. Now, this is what you can tell if you're an idol worshiper. If you latruo serve, if you serve what you see, latruo means to serve what you see. Now, this verse, and the verse I'm going to show you terrified me one day in my life. It scared the life out of me. I'd been traveling in the music world for some years. I was trying to be somebody. I was trying to get rich and famous. I was trying to make me a name. That's what Babylon was founded on. And when it hit me, it hit me in between the eyes like a ton of bricks, like a sledgehammer. I was... I was very sick. I'd gotten sick. I was 37 years old. 
I'd gotten, I'd gone to my last show. I'll tell you where I went. I went to Hanscom Air Force Base in Boston. I stayed awake all the way. I stayed up all day long talking to club managers and club owners. I wanted to book my group back in for a lot of money for a regular time. I didn't go to bed. We did a show that night, and we started back home. And I was so sick. I just, I was, we broke down in our motor home. And I would go to doors, knocking on doors, trying to find a mechanic. It was New Year's Eve. And it, the snow and ice was all over the ground. And I was headed back to the motor home, and I collapsed. I mean, I went, didn't have any idea what was going on. And I didn't even, I just went delirious, went out of it. And I, somehow the guys got me back to Nashville. I don't know how. Didn't even ask them how. And when they got me back, I was in bed for about nine months. I was deathly ill. My father wouldn't take me to the hospital or a doctor or anything. And here my father walking the floor outside the back bedroom of his house over in Woodbine. He'd tell my mother, Jimmy's going to die. I really believe I was at death's door. I shriveled up to where I weighed about 118 pounds. I looked like a skeleton. My beard grew down on my chest. My hair was real long. It just, I was terrible shape. It'd take me 15, 20, 30 minutes to go in the bathroom to urinate. And I was thinking about these verses. I was thinking about Babylon, the mother of harlots. Why, I don't know. I just got to thinking about my father and his friends saying, where's Babylon? And I said, I know where it started. And I looked over at Genesis 11 and 4. Genesis 11 and verse 4. Let's read from verse 1. 11 and verse 1. This is the beginning of Babylon. And this will tell you what the mother of harlots was founded upon. And this is what terrified me that day. And I started trembling and shaking, thinking, God, you're going to kill me. If you've never been frightened by God, you really don't know how wicked your heart is. I didn't know how wicked my heart was till that day. And the whole earth was one language and one speech. Language is not the word speech. The word language is sefeh. It means a lip or a boundary. This is the word language. Let me erase some of this. I'm going to erase that title. All this comes from the same thing. When there's a, when there's any doubt about a misspelling of something, or it has just a sound to it, it comes out of the same thing. It comes out of Babylon. Language is the word sephath, S-E-P-H-E-T-H. It means a boundary. 
there was only one boundary, and that boundary covered the whole civilized world, which was right around the Mediterranean. There was one language and one speech. The word speech is the word dabar. There's one boundary. When you go to Mexico, you have to cross a boundary, a boundary, and the language changes. They had one speech, dabar. It means commandment. And it was coming from the mouth of Seth, I mean, not Seth, Shem, the second born of Noah. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, second born. God blessed the second born. Many times he blessed Abel. He blessed Moses. He was second born. His older brother is Aaron. All through the Old Testament, he blessed Ephraim over his firstborn, over Joseph's firstborn, Manasseh. Second birth receives the blessing of God. God blessed Jacob, even though he was a scoundrel, and he was the secondborn twin of his brother, Esau. So, and Jesus was the secondborn in the flesh, not to take from his deity, he was the only begotten of God. But he said, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. So Jesus was the second born in the flesh. The second birth receives the blessing. All through the Old Testament, you'll find that truth. So there was one language, one boundary, and one speech, and it came from Shem. Now, that's why it's not. Shem means authority, is what it means. He was God's authority. He was God's authority upon the earth. Now, let's keep reading. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. Shinar is what we call what we call Iraq or Babylon. They found a plain in the land of Shinar. Shinar is the lower Mesopotamian valley. Mesopotamia means between the rivers. It's between the Tigris and the Euphrates River. It's an old ancient word. It means between the Tigris. I'm looking for a map. Well, here's one right here. Here's the Tigris. Here's the Euphrates. There's the Persian Gulf when we had that war in the early 90s, a little short war. And this is Iraq right here, and this is Iran up here. So they found a plain in the land of Shinar. That was Mesopotamia, lower Mesopotamia, or what we call Iraq. And they said one to another, Go to or come now. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. That they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Come now, let us build us a city and a tower. A city was always called a mother. We get the word, in the Greek it's the word meter. And we get the word metro from that. And metropolis means mother of the people. That's what it means, metropolis. 
and a tower. The word tower is migdal, M-I-G-D-O-L. Migdal means a pulpit or rostrum. And then they said, we have a doctrine we want to preach, and this is what scared me so bad. Whose top may reach into heaven and let us make us a name. And I was on a bed in the back of my father's house. And I had one leg off the floor and I was going to the bathroom. And that thing hit me like a sledgehammer, blocked right in between the eyes. And I went, oh! I yanked my leg up on the bed. And I, and I was on my all fours on the bed. Going, oh, God, don't kill me, God. That's me. Have you ever been frightened like that? It scared the life out of me. And I was standing in my father and mother's house. And Mary, we were dating at that time. She came over that afternoon. And I said, I have been frightened all day long. I'm so scared right now. I said, I'm afraid God's going to kill me because I had tried to make myself a name. And that is where all the idolatry in the world comes from. And what they did, they made a name. And all of this false virgin birth comes out of Babylon. And all of those sun gods were said to be born of a virgin. And I have my belief on where that comes from. I believe it comes from Eve, where she said, I've gotten a man from God, simply because God said, I will multiply your saw and your conception. They didn't know anything about pregnancy, nine months, or they didn't know anything about ovulation. They didn't know anything about the seed of man. They were brand new at this thing called life. They never have any, nobody had ever had any children before. Now, I've been talking about Easter and people are trying to make something up and say it doesn't come from the same system. The Bible said it all comes. If she's the mother, the mother gives birth to and nurtures anything that's out there that's against God. It doesn't matter if it comes from the South Seas where somebody's going to throw a virgin into a volcano Volcano is a very interesting word. Mr. Hislop says it comes from the word Vulcan. We get the word Vulcan from that. And Vulcan was one of the gods was said to want to devour his children as soon as they were born. Now you find something akin to that over in Revelation. You have to keep these things in mind as you're studying. Back to Revelation 12. I'm trying to just feed you some facts about where all this started and where it come from. People want to deny that the Ashtaroth and Asherah, those same words, Ashtaroth, or Ash. Ashtaroth. They all come from the word aster. Aster is the Greek word star. And since they worshipped all these gods in the stars, Jupiter, Venus, Mercury, those were all Roman and Greek gods. 
And they named our stars or our planets in our solar system after these gods. And they prayed to their gods and these stars. So, Vulcan, Mr. Hyslop says it comes from two words. Baal, Kahan. Do I believe he got that right? Absolutely, I believe it. Because Bel Kahan means priest of Baal. And the priests of Baal ate human sacrifices from their altars. They ate human sacrifices. The priests of Baal wore tall white pointed hats, white sheets, and worshipped a flaming cross in the ancient world on Lady Day. A flaming cross. Looks like the clan, doesn't it? Well, the clan comes out of the same thing that Christmas comes out of. Same thing. The same thing that Muslims come out of. The same thing that Easter comes out of. It doesn't matter whether people believe that or not. So Baal Kahan is priest of Baal. What they were doing, they were imitating. You could go into into Hastings and there's an article in Hastings called Eating the God. That's a corruption and a pollution of what Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. I want you to notice the pollution in all of this, how it's it's kind of intertwined throughout the Scripture. When When Mr. Woodrow said he couldn't, couldn't verify that all the things that Hislop said. He didn't use the Bible. Look over here in Revelation 12. This will tell you the same thing that supposedly the priests of Baal did. Revelation 12. Revelation 12. And it's talking about a woman which is not Mary. It is Israel. Israel is called the virgin. When the Bible says, the virgin shall conceive, there in Isaiah, it's talking about Israel. Not talking about Mary. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and a moon under her feet and upon her head are twelve uh, I had a crown of 12 stars. There were 12 tribes of Israel and 12 apostles. And she being with child cried travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Now, a crown is upon the head. The head, remember I told you that a head was a capital city. It was a power. So was a mountain. There are four horns, like I said, that carried Israel away, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And to have many crowns upon your head, there's something you've got to understand when you see Christ coming back in the in that 19th chapter of Revelation, and he's got many crowns on his head, you have to know the culture of the first century to even understand that. When Israel 
in the first century, the entire Mediterranean world was being ruled by Rome. And Rome would allow these people to rule themselves. Rome would allow Greece to rule themselves. That bound Asia Minor to rule themselves. That that allow Israel to rule themselves or Syria to rule themselves until they got out of line. When they got out of line, they would send their Roman troops in to crush whoever wasn't walking in line. And that's why the Romans, along with the Babylonians, along with the Assyrians, they called themselves the kings of kings. That is the title that belongs to Jesus. That's why he's got many crowns on his head there in the end of Revelation, because he's actually the king of all the kings. And they said that was them, and they weren't. There was... Syria got out of line at one point. That was the the Seleucians. Seleucus inherited the lion's share of Alexander the Great's empire. When he died, he died. Uh, he was in Babylon upon the Euphrates River. Babylon was such a gorgeous place that when one nation would would overthrow another. When Babylon was overthrown by Persia and Persia was overthrown by Greece, those leaders all the way all wanted to stay in Babylon. It was gorgeous. It had the hanging gardens of Babylon and it straddled the Euphrates River and they put aqueducts all through the Babylon. You can look up Babylon in the McConnick and Strong, the B volume. You can't believe how it'll describe everything. They had these walls that were like three hundred and eighty feet high. And they went down into the river nearly 400 feet. And the river went around Babylon and through Babylon. And there was a bridge that went across from one side of Babylon to the other where the river ran through. And they had a seven-tier bridge. You could walk across to the other side. Every side of Babylon was 14 miles wide. Going across the desert, seeing it out there, and all those gorgeous flowers and all kinds of palms blooming, it looked magnificent. And all of these leaders of these nations that would overthrow one another, they wanted to stay in Babylon. So that's what they did. And there was a... I'm talking about here... Uh, I was going to tell you something about that, and I forget what my point was. <laughs> I'll get back to it. Now, let's get back here to the 12th chapter of... And there and there appeared, this birth tree, appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. The head was a capital city. One of the heads, if you remember... In the 13th chapter, was wounded to death. Well, it couldn't be a literal. It was one of the seven, one of the seven heads that was the capital city, of the empire. I've got my own understanding of what I believe the heads were. At the time that in the first century, at this time that was written, the Bible says, "Well, I need to go ahead and show you this." I can't say it all at once. But it says in verse, it's talking about the heads of this empire. 
The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Verse 8. And go into 8 of chapter 17. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. That's saying those of us that are elect, our names are written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they will behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Now the reason says it is not but is, that's when Babylon was outlawed by the Caesars that were coming in. There were two Caesars, Numa and Gratian. And they said they would not wear the robes of the Pontifex Maximus. That means maximum high priest is what it means. Maximus. That was the title for the head of the priesthood worship in the Roman fire worship empire. And when they wouldn't, would not wear those robes, they reinstituted that fire worship into, into the Roman Catholic Church. That's how it got into the Roman Catholicism. Now, I was talking about, I was talking about priests of Baal that eat human flesh. What's amazing, there's a parallel that runs hand in hand with evil and with good. Because Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. But it was against Jewish law to eat human flesh or drink any blood of any kind. That's why we have to know that was an idiom. But instead of understanding that as an idiom, the Roman Catholics brought it into the Catholic Church and called it eating literal human flesh. That's in that's in in John the sixth chapter where Jesus said, Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Eat flesh and drink blood. Well Jesus tells us what that means. Drink blood. That was an idiom. It was against God's law for any of his people to eat human flesh of any kind and to drink any blood of any kind. Well, he tells us what it means. He says, my flesh is meat indeed. My blood is drink indeed. All you have to do is define the word indeed to know what eat flesh and drink blood means. Indeed is the word aletheis, A-L-E-T-H-E-S. It means of truth. It means to eat and drink of truth. Truth is the word aletheia, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A, and it comes from the word lanthano. I can't, you can't see with me in front of it. it. Aletheia comes from the word lanthano, meaning to hide or conceal. When the alpha is in front of a word as a negative particle, it will say that in your concordance. When the alpha, it comes from lanthano, and the alpha privative, that's, that's the way it's constructed in the Greek. The alpha privative negates lanthano, gives an opposite meaning. Lanthano means to hide or conceal. Aletheia means not to hide anything. That's the word truth. So when you eat and drink of truth, you eat and drink of not hiding anything. You've ripped the cover off. 
Well, that makes you eat flesh and drink blood. That's an old idiom. The Jews missed to partake in a slaughter. And people want to slaughter you when you pull the cover off and say Christmas is Christ's mass. It's Roman Catholicism. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Easter is Ishtar. It's star worship. And Mr. Layard says in his Layard's Nineveh, that didn't, this doesn't come out of two Babylons. Mr. Layard says, in fact, I sometimes I get something out of one book and then I get something else out of another book. Uh, under Ashtaroth in McClinic and Strong, Ashtaroth, at the end of the article, it will say, I've got it right here, it will say, let me read it to you. Now, I put these two things together, and it will say, it also says some things in there. They don't know how these all are kin to one another, but I know the Bible says they all come out of Babylon. And it says here, speaking of Venus, he says, uh, she also had celebrated temples in 1 Samuel, 31 and 10, as to the form and attributes with which Ashtoreth was presented, and he just got through talking about Venus being Ashtoreth, was presented the oldest known image that in Paphos was a white conical stone. It was a cone. And it was conical because it was round. Then he says, it's a white conical stone, speaking of Ashtaroth, or Venus, often seen on Phoenician remains in the figure which Tacitus thus describes. The statue of the goddess, Venus, bears no resemblance to human form. That Venus de Milo that's in the Louvre in Paris and she's got no arms. That's a modern invention. That was just the last few hundred years. But she actually was not worse of human form. You see a round figure brought at the base, but growing fine by degrees, till like a cone, she lessens to a point. Venus was worshipped like, just like a Christmas tree. What is a Christmas tree? It's a cone, isn't it? That's what it is. And it was and Mr. Layard, I had to go to Layard's Nineveh. He printed Layard's Nineveh in eighteen forty nine. He was a Mr. Layard was an was an archaeologist. He went over to the Far East and made all of his digs over there. And he said he studied and since we're talking about he wrote his book before before uh two Babylons. Two Babylons came out in 1853. His book came out in 1849 called Layard's Nineveh. You can actually get that in two volumes. And he said, so I get the cone out of Astaroth, out of, two, out of McClinic and Strong. And he said, since they were worshiping the stars, they put a star on top. They put a pentagram on top of it. So, where did I get the platform from? I got that out of the Bible. 
Where? Well, sometimes I just want to talk to you and verify where a lot of this come from. Now, I got that out of Jeremiah 10. Jeremiah 10. See, you've got to take the Bible and research. You can't just research. This Woodrow said he said he researched the two Babylons and couldn't find uh, verify all the truth that was in it. How's he going to verify all these guys when there are 265 references from his bibliographies in this? And most of them were guys that were born long before he was. And we don't even access to all of those things. But how I prove that 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 two Babylons is true is by matching it up with the Bible and matching it up with this right here. You can go into all of these Greek and Roman gods and they'll have something on it in the McClinic and Strong. Now, all right. Now, where was I going to? I got so many things I'm trying to say. I haven't finished Revelation 12 yet. I was going over here to uh, huh? You were saying Jeremiah 10. Jeremiah 10. Let's look at Jeremiah 10. Then we'll go back. You've got to go through all the Bible to find out these things. Jeremiah 10. Jeremiah. This is the Christmas tree, or or I'm just an ignoramus, and I'm not an ignoramus. Jeremiah 10. We'll read this. I started to read it last week and I failed to read it. I opened up to it just like I did Revelation 12. Here, I'll try to go back to Revelation 12. Hear ye the word of the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen. That word way is the word direct. D. E-R-E-K. Derek is the New Testament word when it was translated hados. And that's the narrow way. So the heathens have a broad hados. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's only two ways, a broad way and a narrow way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Broad is the hados. So the broad way has to be the way of the heathen, doesn't it? Where you can live the way you want. So he goes on to say, and there's no doubt it's the same word. It's translated in the Septuagint that way. Not only that, no, I better not go into that. It's a long explanation. All right. Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heaven, For the heathen are dismayed at them. They were looking at the stars and judging their life by the stars. And that was what Mr. Layard said. They put on top of the tree, the cone. I could say one other thing about this. I don't mean to be crude. But this is the truth. These were... Fertility gods that they worshipped, all of them, Venus, Aphrodite, Mileta. It was so they could have children. And God says, if you're obedient to me, 
All your children will be healthy and you'll have all the food you can eat. There in Deuteronomy 28. When they tried to imitate God's promises, these were fertility gods. In the McClinic and Strong, it will tell you that the triangular tree was a picture of the pubic triangle. And you can find in many sources that the steeples on churches was a picture or a type of the male genitalia. Now, people don't like that, but that's the truth because it was fertility worship. That's why. It's crazy what we have adopted, and we don't care. The Bible says we can't keep the customs of the heathen. The Lord didn't remind me to get back to Revelation 12. I don't want to erase that. But let me go ahead and give you. People will say, as long as we do this for Jesus, first of all, Christmas was an orgy. Now, do you think Jesus wants his name on an ancient orgy? You can actually look up orgy. I don't know if I got it out of Hastings. Or McClinic and Strong. You can look at both of them. Orgy. It'll tell you all about it. That's what Christmas was. It was a seven-day festival. It was the same seven days as Mardi Gras. Now, there's no doubt that Mardi Gras, which means Fat Tuesday, was an orgy. We know that. You go down to New Orleans, and it's an orgy down there. It's insane. I've got a book. New Orleans is a Catholic, Roman Catholic town. Do you not know that? I've got a book here. I'm just trying to feed you a bunch of facts today. I've got a book. Somebody sent it to me years ago. Mardi Gras Guide. And it'll tell you all the parties they had at Mardi Gras. And they're named after Greek and Roman gods. Now, this has got to connect Catholicism somehow with these ancient gods, doesn't it? And they had a king of Mardi Gras. And the king had to commit suicide at the end of the seven days. From the from the seventh from the seventh of February February I'm trying to write it twice 7th of February to the 14th of February and it would always come out even because of their 360 day calendar and this is French and France is a Catholic country France and they were called Franks in the ancient world so this is the Mardi Gras was a Frank festival of seven days. At the end of Mardi Gras, the king of Mardi Gras had to die. And Israel, not Israel, Rome had a seven-day festival for a feast of Saturn. Saturn was the father of the gods. He was the father of Jupiter. 
Saturn was the being the father of the God, they had the feast of Saturn or the Saturnalia. And this is what Constantine brought in the church and renamed Christmas. Was the feast of Saturn. Seven days from the 17th through the 24th of December. And they threw the Yule log in the fire. Yule means wheel. The fire wheel was the swastika. And I don't have time to go into that. I've got too many other things. So when you get go into this, it will give you, here's the king of Mardi Gras. And he was supposed to die at the end of Mardi Gras. And then what they do is they bring in famous people like like some star out of Hollywood to be the king. Somebody that you know when they're famous. And I'll just kind of... And it says here, this is Mardi Gras and introduces it to you. It's the same thing as Christmas. In a different culture, in a French culture, Christmas was a Roman culture. Mardi Gras was a French culture. It says, The early church fathers, in the introduction of Mardi Gras, a magazine that is approved by the council or whatever, the mayor's office down there in New Orleans. The early church fathers, realizing that it was impossible to divorce their new converts from their pagan customs, it was impossible to divorce them. They wanted to keep their customs. The early church fathers wanted to. Decided instead to direct them into Christian channels. We're going to Christianize Christ's Mass. We're going to Christianize Halloween. We're going to Christianize Easter. And then it goes into the pre-Lenten balls and feats were held in New Orleans. And they've got all these names of gods all through there. Here's a fleur de lis. Fleur de lis means flower of the lily. That was a title for Mary in Roman Catholicism. That's on the helmets of the New Orleans saints. Means Mary is what it means. That is uh, a logo for Mary of Roman Catholics. Isn't that amazing? And the fleur de lis was on the was that was a sign of the Boy Scouts in America right in the middle of a swastika in the nineteen twenties. People think I'm making this stuff up. You know how many facts there are to this and you can't seem to explain it all? Thousands. All I know to do is pick up one of these magazines and show it to you. It, it's just it's craziness. You think God's going to let us Excalibur? That was one of their parties. When you go into get you these Hastings Encyclopedia Religion, you look up the Arthurian legend. They will tell you that King Arthur and Guinevere and Merlin were all thinly veiled sun gods. They'll tell you that in the McClinic and Strong, and they'll tell you that in a witch's book by E. Dane McCoy. It's about, they, the witches say, we don't worship Satan, we worship nature. That's what every witch will tell you, nature. 
And when you go into the Arthurian religion, you'll find that Merlin was a type of Satan. And I'm just giving you facts as fast as I can think of them. Merlin had the, and they will talk about this in the Hastings. Merlin had Merlin was the magician that was a special friend to Arthur. You remember that? And if you ever saw the movie Excalibur, did any y'all see that the movie Excalibur, the old movie? Excalibur was the sword that was in the stone, and only Arthur, who was a type of the Savior could bring it out. This is a convolution of God saying, if you take care of the land, I'll take care of you. And Arthur would say there's going to be a peace through the land, through the sword, which is a convolution of the Word of God. The sword is the Word of God. And in the Excalibur movie, the producers of those Hollywood movies do more research than their preachers. It shows in that when Arthur broke the sword, fighting, uh, what's his name? The Not Galahad, but the other guy, Lancelot. Fighting Lancelot, he broke the sword, he threw it in the river, and all of a sudden a hand came up out of the river and gave him the sword intact, and that was the Lady of the Lake. And the, the Lady of the Lake, we got a Lady of the Lake Catholic Church here in town. It's just, I can't give you all of it. I can't give it to you in some kind of order. It's crazy. And Lady of the Lake was identified with Morgana. That was Arthur's sister. All of this is sun worship and tree worship. And even the best scholars will tell you that Arthur and the knights, he had 12 men at the round table of his best nights. And it's amazing, even Adolf Hitler sent. He was a fan of Arthur and the Knights at the round table. He sent Himmler over to Tibet to try to find an Aryan race, A-R-Y-A-N, and you look up Aryan in the in the Hastings Encyclopedia tell you all about the Aryans were supposed to be a superior race. And Hitler was looking for a superior race because the Tibetan Buddhist worshippers, they found out they were tall, had long arms and long legs, and he was trying to get the Aryan race. And Himmler went over there and brought back the sign of the Tibetan worshippers, the swastika with him. Brought that back from Tibet. That was a sign of the Aryans. It's crazy. And Excalibur was a, was a picture of the sword that was given to Arthur by Our Lady of the Light. And what's so funny is the producers of the movie Excalibur, they did that, and he says, the Arthurian legend, you can look that up in the Hastings. King Arthur, Merlin, Camelot. Let me give you something about Merlin. It'll tell you in the Hastings that he could shift, shape shift. Shapeshift. Boy, this this goes on and on. That is how a human can become an animal. That's called werewolf. 
And those were around a long time ago, thousands of years ago. Werewolves are called lycanthropy, L-Y-C-A-N-C-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y. If you're going to look that up in the Hastings, look up lycanthropy. That's werewolves. That's exactly what the man said to Jesus in the 17th chapter of Matthew when he says, My son is lunatic. Lunatic comes from lunar. It means moonstruck. He may have been saying he's a werewolf or vampire. Vampires were not invented. Were not invented by Bram Stoker. You look at vampire and the Hastings, it'll tell you all about it. And you had to, in order to get rid of a vampire, you had to drive it in a bottle. What stays inside of a bottle? Genies. What was a bottle? A goat skin bag. The word familiar spirit, this just shows you, all, familiar spirit is the word O-W-B in the Hebrew, and it means bottle. And they learned ventriloquism, and they learned to throw their voice and speak and peeping and muttering, making high-pitched sound and say, I'm talking to your ancestors in this bottle. It was a con putting on the people, pass my, cross my palm with money, and I'll talk to your ancestors. And demons were called the ancestors of the Jews. D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. That's what they called their gods. And that was their ancestors. Deified. I hope you can... I, I have tried to say these things. Sometimes, I don't know how to say them. Just say them to you real straight and plain. That you kind of mull them over in your mind. There's so much. A lot of people will buy the McClinic and Strong and the Hastings and won't even look at them. They're just magnificent books. These were printed in 1904, the Hastings. These were printed back in about 1885. You can't get information that you get out of these. Not hardly anything else. Now, let me get back to this. This is the book on Mardi Gras. King Arthur Merlin. Oh, I'm going to tell you about shape-shifting. Where's the first shape-shifting in the Bible? The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. He had shifted himself into a serpent. So you find that all through history. And Merlin was said to shift his shape into a wolf. I guess he was a werewolf or something. That was Merlin. He was the magician to to Arthur. He was always saving Arthur with his incantations. So when it goes on to say Excalibur is either of two legendary swords of King Arthur one bestowed upon him by the Lady of the Lake, or Vivian. Now this is out of a book on Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras matches up with with the Roman Catholic Church because it is Roman Catholicism. Let me see, I've marked some of these things in here. King Arthur. There you are. King Arthur's a part of this thing. 
King Arthur, the legendary, legendary British king, and it's been. You notice how New Orleans and Catholicism, Christmas and Easter, it's one weaving story. It's just unbelievable how corrupted we are in this nation. Talks about and his men of the Round Table. When Hitler came back, got Himmler, his head of his SS came back. Hitler set up a round table for 12 generals. And Hitler took the Tibetan sign, Suvasti. The Tibetans were called Suvastis. I mean, it is good. It is good. And why was it good? Because that was nothing but the... That was the Big Dipper in its four phases. And they wanted to get through the winter. And I brought this up last week. They wanted to get through the winter. So what you had was had the Big Dipper in its four phases. Like so. And this was the summer. You're going into fall, going into winter. And they they looked at the Big Dipper at midnight. At midnight on June 3rd. At midnight on September the 3rd. On September, October, December the 3rd. And March the 3rd. And this is what they saw. They saw the swastika, the Big Dipper, in its four phases. And their problem was getting through the fall back around to the spring where they could have crops or food. And all they had to do was obey God. And he said, I'll fill up your field, your storehouses, and everything else. I'm just trying to just reveal to you, I don't know any other way to do this. Here's the Druids. These are all orders of Mardi Gras. The Druids... The Druids were the ones that celebrated this part right here. Right here. That's the part that we call Halloween. Or All Hallows Eve, it was brought into the Roman Catholic Church. And they were eight festival on the swastika. I keep saying, if you don't like Nazism, you don't like the Klan... Don't celebrate Christmas because it was a part of this. The Druids. The Druids are the ones that... I can't even get into that so much. Here's another one of their festivals in Mardi Gras. Babylon! Where did these people get their idea? They got it out of their superstitions. Babylon was an important city located on the Euphrates River. It's a Mardi Gras book. They're telling you some things about history. Sargon the king, who was legendary ruler of the ancient Semitic races. Sargon is believed to be one of the kings that came in and overthrew northern Israel. You got Hermes. Hermes is equivalent to Mercury among the Romans. Hermes was the interpreter of the gods. That's what they call Paul when he healed the man, when he got over there to his 
to Cyprus and he was and he healed a man they said or he was speaking and he said he must be Mercury he said I'm not Mercury I'm not one of the gods it shows you just how common that was in that day and time Hermes listen to this Mardi Gras Eve on Fat Tuesday to offer visitors more days to enjoy the pleasures of the season it was an ancient orgy it was the same thing at Christmas the tux known for its irreverence the queue of tux began in 1969 as a ragtag group of Loyola University Loyola is a Roman Catholic University I don't know if you knew that the the club took its name from Friar Tuck and Uptown Pug. Friar Tuck was the wandering priest in Robin Hood. He was a Catholic priest. A a friar is one that doesn't have a particular place to operate from. He wanders around, and that's why Friar Tuck could go with Robin Hood into the forest and be his priest. That just shows you a little bit about Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday. And that has to do with Tammuz because, let me erase some of this. You can't just come up and say, we're going to change this and do it for Jesus. Can you? Can you add all of this godless worship to Christmas? The thing is, God started out and He didn't tell Israel, don't worship their gods. What did He say to them? Let's go back over to the 18th chapter of Leviticus and see what He says. I'll try to get back to the 12th chapter. Let me write that down. Revelation 12. Let's go over to Leviticus. This is what people don't understand. This is something John MacArthur evidently hasn't hit his heart yet. Leviticus 18. Leviticus 18th chapter. Here's what the Bible says concerning these gods of Babylon. Anytime Israel starts going after Bell in the Grove, where did it come from? It comes from Babylon. The mother of all idolatry is Babylon. How did it get into Israel? <laughs> Not difficult. You had the Euphrates River over here going down through Iraq, and then you had the Tigris coming here and meeting down here. And then on on the Euphrates River was Babylon. That's where all of this heathenism started. And then you had over here in Israel, right above Israel, you had Lebanon, Tyre, and Sidon. And out of Tyre and Sidon come Baal and the Grove, and Ethbaal, who was the who was the father of Jezebel. Ethbaal, B-E-L, Ethbaal and, Ethbaal and was Jezebel's father and she marries Ahab and brings this bell in the grove worship. The grove was the tree goddess. Brought it down into Israel 
And then later on, it comes down into southern Judah, and it, it corrupts Israel, and it came out of Babylon. I don't know what to tell people. I keep telling people these truths, and they, well, you have to prove that. I don't know what you call proving other than get you get out of the Bible, you get anything out of these historians, and it all comes together as an indictment against the human race. And here in Leviticus 18, it's talking about all through here, in the 18th chapter, it's talking about Israel going after Molech, or people going after Molech in verse 21. Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch. And did Israel do that? Yes, they did it. You can find that in Isaiah, the 30th chapter. God says he lit the fires to Moloch. And Israel took their children down to, down to the valley just below Jerusalem took them down to Tophet and they offered their children in the fire to in Tophet to Moloch. And they did that the same day they'd go back to Jerusalem and offer a sacrifice to God. The same day in, in Ezekiel, the 23rd chapter. I don't even have words for that. You just want to talk. And great day in the morning. Israel, how could you do that? So he's talking about not offering their children the fire. You can go over to Jeremiah 19. It'll tell you all about it. How they ate their children because they were under siege by the, by the Syrians and by other armies and they would cut them off and wouldn't let any food come into their towns and they would start... Their children would die and they'd boil their children and eat them. That's what Lamentation says. When you're real hungry, if you hadn't eaten in six weeks, how do you know what you'll eat or what you won't? You say, I wouldn't do that. Had a lady come in and said, I didn't know Israel ate their children. He says that time and time again. He says that in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, they haven't even got into the land of Israel yet. And he tells them in the 28th chapter, if you go after these other gods, I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence, disease of all kinds. I'll have you carried away and you will go after them and you will be fighting over who's going to eat your children and the wife will tell the husband, you can't have the child. I'm going to eat him myself. The Bible says that. Good night. You would think somebody can see these things. Am I the only guy that's got a Bible that can read this? You Baptists can't read that in your Bible? Why do you think God scattered Israel for 2,600 years? Why do you think he did that? Because they were going after all of these gods that started at Babel. And it all came over here, came down here. How did you get to the United States? Not hard. When the Persian kings came here, they threw out... The, the fire and tree worship, it found its seat over here in Pergamos. And when the king of Pergamos died, that's where they worshiped the serpent. 
God Osculapius, A-U-S-C-A-P-I-L-E-U-S. I think that's the way it's spelled. Osculapius, and that's the first place that we find behind the head of the serpent, the sun rays, the worship of the sun. And you'll find Pergamos over there in Revelation, the second chapter, and that will say that's where Satan dwelleth. And it's talking about the sun worship that the Persians kicked out, came over to Pergamos. Then when Atalus the third died, Atalus the third died, he left his system, of his magic system. The word mag, magic comes from magi. Magic means the science of the magi, the wise men of Babylon. And when Atalus the third died, sits it sits. Here's Italy, the boot of Italy. It's a terrible drawing of a boot. And here's Rome. They left all that system to Rome, and they sent by an Olympic torch, by Olympic torch, one who carried the fire from the temple at Pergamos, carried it through all of this way to get it over here to Rome and set it up in the temple of Mithra and required that the Vestal virgins keep those fires going and the Vestal, the Vestal virgins kept the fires of the hearth. And Vesta was the goddess of the hearth. And it was an eternal fire, and the eternal flame was burning over in Babylon. And they kept the fires in Tophet burning, and they never went out. And then when it, when it comes over to America, we've got a president named John Kennedy, who was a Roman Catholic. And when he gets killed, they set up an eternal fire at the foot of his grave. And you can go up there and visit that right now. He's got an eternal flame there because he's a Roman Catholic. Not anymore. It's, I don't know how to tell you all this. It's just more than I can, it, my mind gets to racing when I get into all these facts. And go back over here to Leviticus, the 18th chapter. People say, we don't worship gods when we, we don't worship other gods when we keep Christmas and when we keep Easter. Well, the Lord didn't tell Israel don't worship gods. He said, don't do their customs. It says it right here in Leviticus 18, verse 29. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, which means to stink, even the souls that commit them will be cut off. That means in Israel, if you go after the customs of these pagans, you will die. I'm setting the law down to Moses. You have to forfeit your life. He didn't say if you go after the other gods, just do the customs. shall be cut off from among their people. Cut off means to die. Therefore, look at verse 30. 
People will say, we don't do it that way. God don't care how you do it. Don't do it at all. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance, my hedge, my protection. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance. The word is actually kukwa. C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H. C-H-U-Q-Q-A-H. My enactments. Everything I've enacted for Israel to do. Keep mine ordinance. Ordinance is the word mishmareth. It means exactly that, an ordinance. Keep mine ordinance. He's not telling them don't serve their gods. Have you noticed that? Keep mine ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable T-O-W-E-B-A-H T-O-W-E-B-A-H Abominable Disgusting, abhorring, I abhor these customs, God is saying. They're disgusting. The New Testament word abomination is B-D-E-L-U-B-D-E-L-U-G-M-A. The legma means to stink. We got our word bidet from that. The customs of the heathen stink in God's nostrils. You preachers that want to say, we don't do it that way. He said... I don't want you to do it at all, ever. I can't believe people just ignore the word of God. That you commit not one of these stinking customs which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourself therein. Defile means to contaminate. You're contaminated when you do Christmas or Easter or any of these other things. Now, a favorite verse of mine in this, or two favorite verses. How much time to have, Mike? Seven. Seven. I'll do this real quick. You know what I'm doing? I'm just throwing stuff at you today. Not much organization to it. Just a bunch of verification from books and all this stuff. I may just stay on this next week. I'm disgusted with people who want to make excuse for their sin. Look over in Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy 4. Verse 2. He says, you got to keep my judgments and my statutes in verse 1. And he said, therefore, you shall not add unto the word which I command you. Is Easter adding to the word of God? Yes. Easter has got eggs. What are eggs for? Fertility is why the pagans had them. Rabbits, what are they for? Fertility, they multiply at breakneck speed. You can have two rabbits in a week. You can have a dozen. That's fertility. That's why they've got it in there. You shall not add to the word Yasaf augment. Don't add anything to the word of God. Don't augment it with anything. Neither shall you diminish aught from it that you may keep my commandments. Diminish Gara. J-R-A. 
means to shave off or remove any part of the word of God. That you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. And then he goes on over here to Deuteronomy 12. I love this here. Because he's specific in this about doing the rituals of Christmas or Easter or anything else. If you keep Christmas, you might as well keep Mardi Gras. It's the same thing. I've gone through that. I'll go through it again. Maybe next week. I love this as much as any verse in the Bible about going after the customs of the heathen. He's telling Israel, when you go into the land, take heed to yourself that you, thou be not snared by following these people after that they be destroyed from before you. And that verse 30, and that you inquire not after their gods, saying, I don't want you to say this and ask this questions. How did these nations serve their gods? If you even ask how they did it, you will so do likewise. If you find out they put up a tree and they decorated with silver and gold that it moved not, you'll do it. What does giving each other gifts have to do with Jesus' birthday? Jesus, we celebrated your birthday. We gave each other gifts. We argued and we got drunk and we fought for all day. And aren't you happy? It's, it's, it's insane. And that's what America does. They cuss each other and get drunk, go to each other's house and drink, tell dirty stories. And, well, this is Christmas. It's time for having fun. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God for every abomination to the Lord. It all stinks to God. If you go after the way of the heathen, he's not even saying in these verses, don't serve their gods. He says, don't do what they do. It's not hard. Have they done to their gods for even their sons and their daughters, they have burned in the fire to their gods. Are we destroying our sons and daughters in this nation because of what we're doing with our gods, the things that we fill our eyes and ears with? Remember, idolatry means to serve what you see. What things soever I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Same word, add and diminish, as in Deuteronomy 4. It means to augment or shave off any part of it. Do it the way God says. In Proverbs 30 says, the word of God is pure. If you alter the word of God, you'll be found to be a liar. Are these preachers out here lying doing Easter and Christmas? Yes, they are. I didn't even get to what I wanted to get today. I just started in giving you all this information. I got tons of information on this. I can go all day long if you want to. I can't do that. Mary will wonder, what did he die? He's killing a car wreck. (laughs) I just don't like Christmas and Easter and I'd rather do Mardi Gras and Halloween. At least it doesn't fool you. It's the same thing. I've gone through Halloween, Christmas, Mardi Gras, Valentine's. I'm going to go back through it because you can't hear it all at once. I've given you all this information today 
and I can't even get it organized because there's no organization to it. There's a type of organization in chaos. I'm going to get back next week. I promise you I'll go back to the 12th chapter. I don't have any time, do I? I don't have any time to go into Revelation, the 12th chapter. I'll go back and show you that this dragon wants to eat the child of the woman as soon as it's born. That's what Vulcan did. Vulcan comes from Baal Cahan, priest of Baal. And the priest of Baal ate human sacrifices from their altars. And so was Israel doing the same thing when they were starving to death. I'll come back next week. I, this this was just a time of feeding you facts and you can do with them what you want to. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. Sometimes I don't know what to say. I'm just filled with all this information. All I knew is, know to do is pour it out and let people deal with it as they want or as they're convicted to. I am so tired, Lord, of what's going on in the world. Give us strength. Give all of us strength to continue. All we can do is go straight ahead. There is nowhere else to go. Deal with our hearts and crush us under your hand because you came to the crust and we have to be crushed in order for you to be dealing with us. We thank you for everything. Fight our battles. Give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. I wish I could get all this out at once, but I can't. There's too much. It's too much information. And it's like preachers are lazy. They're just bums. They they get their salary. Well, Christmas is good unless if we do it for Jesus. You can't do the customs of the pagan the pagans for Jesus what give you that idea when he says don't keep these stinking customs Thanksgiving does it goes back to the same thing it's so does Mother's Day they all go back to the ancient world they don't have anything to do with Jesus or God what gets me about Thanksgiving the Bible says in everything give thanks to they sit around us dinner table and say Lord thank you that my mother's got cancer and I thank you that I had that car wreck and they're not thanking God for everything are they we thank you for this turkey and this and this giblet gravy and, and we thank you for our food but Lord try to keep away all of the keep the wolves away from the door if we got wolves in the door we don't thank you for that